Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. DA with you. Thanks for being with us. It's the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show, which you can always download on the CBS Sports DA show iTunes feed. Or the regular PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast iTunes feed. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the DA show. We also tweet it out as well. Mraz, as we tape this pod just minutes after we are off the air on Tuesday, I have to say, in our 10 months, 9 months of being on the show in this time slot with this crew, I would say today's show, Tuesday's show, was a top 5 show ever. Really? Top five show, at least for this crew, maybe a top three show of this crew. Okay. I had a, I had a blast, but I, I love all my, like my kids. I love them all oh, the stop same. It. I, stop I had fun it. today, though. I absolutely had fun. The there Chinese are, food taste test was great. There are good shows. We rarely have a bad show. I don't ever really feel like we had a bad show. Maybe early in my career, I felt like I had bad shows. Not anymore, but certainly in this time slot, I don't think we've had a lot of bad shows, if any. Sometimes there's good shows, sometimes there's great shows. I thought today was a great show because we had so many different layers to the show. Number one, we had Donald in Florida call up to sing the Georgia Fight song. So before the show began, I said, we got to get a hold of Donald. You would try to text Donald, but you were going to let that sleeping dog lie. Donald didn't get back to you. You know me. You did not want to go back down that road. Less work for you. Well, no, Forget it, about it. We don't about, need it. It's not about less work. It's just I'm hammering this guy with my personal phone number. You know, I, it, at some point, it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't want him giving out my phone number if I keep harassing him. But you know what? We said today right in front of you, said, let's call him right now. Yes. So before the show, we actually called him on speakerphone, and Donald picked up. He, he is a, I was stunned he picked up, by the way. He works not necessarily in a school, but maybe a facility for at-risk youth, I would say. Something right. Like that. Admirable work. So really. so he picks up, and so there were kids around him. So he, I think they were laughing at him or whatnot. And so, but he was he was playing along, and it was pretty good. And so he finally decided to come on. We said, okay, we're going to call you in a half hour. He picked up. We played the Georgia fight song instrumental, and he sang along with it, and he was great. I mean, he laid it on thick, and he became a character, and he made fun of Georgia while doing it. So I thought it was great. Right. So you got to pay up the bet. We got it in real time, live time. The guy paying up the bet. Thought it was great. Then we taste test weird snacks from China, which taste testing has now become part of what we do on the show. It's, it goes hand-in-hand hand with breaking down a big game. It's almost something that has to be done. <laughs> yeah. So my girlfriend went to China on a work trip, and she 
she brought home a bunch of weird Chinese snacks saying, I think you guys will get a kick out of trying these on the air. And said, quote, I'll have Mraz try snacks from someplace he'll never go. Or he just banking at 30 that <laughs> I will never make my way there, which he's probably right. Yeah, I think so. I might have made that up, but I, I, that's probably something along the lines of what you said. <laughs> so we try all the stuff. It's pretty funny. But then we get to the crab pretzels, and oh. you guys hate them. They smell like seafood seasoning. And that, that's, I like seafood seasoning. It smelled, like I said, like low tide. Like the worst <laughs> bottom. Like, yeah, it was like funky seasoning. Like mucky clams. It was like, like mucky. Gross. But I liked it, and I liked the flavor of them, and so, but everybody else hated them, which was a great audio for the it, epic fail. And you know me. I eat, I eat any garbage there is. Of course. And, and we'll make a case to like any of it. That was awful. I, I would go, Pete said it was the worst thing we've ever tried on the show. He might be right. Awful. So that was great. And then we finish it off with <laughs> with the Susan Waldman take of you going, it's a hard candy. It's a hard candy. Hard candy. And then that which is what you talked about when we were taste testing the white rabbit white, taffy. Yeah. Oof. From Another China. That wasn't good. Yeah, it was not good. And uh and the body is just peppering the drops in there. And that's when the body's at his best, is peppering those drops. That's you know what he is? He's Steph Curry when he's hot from three. Yeah. Just keep feeding them and he's <laughs> gonna keep draining them. That's and right. Bilotti was doing that with the drops. And he knows that I love it. I just feed off that. That was a the last three minutes of the show could have gone anywhere. It went that route, and I think it left people wanting more. You always want people wanting more, not less. I think more people are ready to lock into the DA show the rest of the week. Yeah, and we had uh, we've had a couple of people I think this week kind of say like, "I've been listening to you since ne- then." Somebody said they've been listening to us since early in the football season, I think September or something like that. Your Brandon Marshall ran. Another person said that uh, they they had found us whenever and they had kind of stayed with us. I think now that we've been on this time slot for about nine months, it's given people enough longevity to like really get to know the show. Right, they get it. They get what we are, even if we don't get what we are. And Trash Tuesday was wall-to-wall calls. I oh, mean, people were locked up. One off, one on. People were calling ahead of time, almost like to get in get in line. Yeah. Like it was Black Friday waiting outside of Best Buy. Which is really good, man. That's a really good sign. So I was very happy with the show. I was. Uh, I really thought it was a great show. And uh, I, I think I think after football season is done, we'll, we'll be okay. You know, I, there was times. <laughs> I love the phrasing of that. Well, there there are times in this job where you know, well, now we've done this for five years, that come February you got to get real creative. Oh yeah, especially when we're doing overnights. You know, if you think about it, three eighteen a.m. on a Tuesday, and it's February twenty fourth, you got to get real creative. You know, same thing on. May the 3rd, even though that's the NBA playoffs. But, you know, there are there are summer days in there that are tough. But I think we're going to be okay. I think the three hours helps us instead of four. The time slot helps us. Breaking news while we're on the air helps us. Huge. Now we've now, I think, I think we've uh, built the offensive weaponry to the point where we got a lot of plays we can run, even if, you know, we we need a different look for the defense. Uh, exactly. If we have to win a game with four field goals, we win a game with four field goals as long as we play good defense. Bottom line is there will be wins. Yeah. Is that a fair way to look at it? I yeah. think so. And I think, to be honest, in the sports radio world, we overrate the dead times, if you will, because I think 
once the Super Bowl wraps up, you have those couple days to recap, and everybody panics. But, you know, you by that point, you get two weeks away from what's become a real hot stove. The NFL free agency heats up. And then you have, we bleed into March Madness, and everybody's sucked into, you know, tournaments and, and all of that. And I think it happened, the turnover happens very quickly. I actually think July now has become more of it. Once you get past the NBA draft before you get into football, that I think has become the worst dead time. Then you start getting into should the All-Star game count stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, you know? that's probably true because the NBA draft is going to be late June. Yeah. And then and free agency for the NBA is usually July 4th. And once that like initial wave is done, you have three weeks there before they start playing NFL preseason, which I think is the deadest time, more so than February. And even NFL preseason is still dead because it's hard to really talk too much about fake football games. Yeah. I mean, what you're looking for there, not what you're looking for, is you know that first torn ACL of the year and how it affects it. You know mm-hmm. That kind of gets stuff going then, yeah. ominously. This year we'll have the Olympics for two weeks as well. <laughs> but that's never a talker. No, Nobody but I ever think, cares, especially now with hockey not mattering. Forget, forget it not mattering. I'm talking about we could have some fun stuff with the Olympics. All right, so, like Super Dave. Yeah, Super Dave, or you know, who knows? If we can't get people's names right. There, there, there's bits to be had. There's there. bits. The problem is too, nobody's gonna be awake when these events are live. No, it's the other side of the world. It's in the western or I forget which one we're doing. It's in the eastern hemisphere. Yeah, eastern hemisphere. Wait, and what's the name of the place that the Olympics are in Pyeongchang? I think Pyeongchang. Okay, I was close. Yeah, yeah. That's the South Korea. Right. North's the bad one, so we're going south. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just not a talker. I mean, we can make fun of it, but nobody's calling up being like, did you see that luge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weenie luge. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the, the, the Swiss Alpine ski jumper? Maybe we should have our own Winter Olympics on the Watch DA app. Maybe we get a weenie luge in there. Maybe we uh, <laughs> play some floor hockey. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. Um, I wanted to ask you about this week's episode of Nomad because uh, last week we had the bomb cyclone come in, drop all the snow. It was miserable. Snow was coming in sideways. It's not nearly as bad as like Chicago or Minnesota, but we got, well, you got like 18 inches of snow out of Long Island. Yeah. 20 inches of snow. Not all of it has melted yet. And here in New York City, um, where I live, we didn't get that much, but it was still annoying and brutal and gross. So in the middle of this, you know, I was just like, Sometimes in the middle of the winter, it's just so hard, you know, having grown up in this area, gone to school at Syracuse, and then having spent a year and a half in Fort Myers, Florida, then a year and a half in Miami, I had just enough to tease me. It was just (laughs) enough. I remember in Miami, um, I said, I, I went to the beach actually in Fort Myers on New Year's Day, and it was only like 72 or something. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but I just said, I'm going to the beach just for the fact that I can say I went to the beach. And look at this. 15 years later, I'm still talking about the day I went to the beach on New Year's Day. And um, in Miami, like I opened up my screen door and the wind came off of the bay or the water or whatever. And uh, it was like Christmas. And I was like, you know what? All my friends are talking about season, season this. Seasons are so great. I love the seasons. I miss this. And I said, I don't care. If I never see snow again, I don't care. And then after that, I got the job in Boston. I saw a lot of snow. <laughs> and so, you know, because I had that tease in the middle of these snowstorms, you know, and and I can't get out of town until after football season is done. So it's like I've got to at least endure this until February 4th. And we're going to Minnesota for Super Bowl week. 
it's just like you just got to batten down. You just got to like put your head down, and it, it it's like the grind of a of a baseball season or something. Like they're just it's relentless, and every day it's cold and miserable and snowy and icy and gross. Gets depressing. It is. It really is. Now after the Super Bowl is done, I'm I'm gonna go down to Florida for a couple of days to thaw out. But you always take that Florida trip. You, you snowbird a trip in there every year. All always always. Um, but so I was doing Nomad and I was filming this snow and then I was like, I just want to be taken to a warmer place. And I had some footage from a Mets game that I had gone to that I had not aired yet for Nomad. So part of this was a tour around City Field, like my experience as a Mets fan going to City Field. But part of this was the best food that I believe is at City Field. And, and you have concurred on this, that the best meal at City Field for a Mets game is the Keith Hernandez burger. I may have even introduced you to the Keith Hernandez burger. Yeah, you might have. Yeah, you might have. Um, it has its own grill. It's not on a normal burger grill. Right. It's not like you go and you get a hot dog and a burger and the Keith Hernandez burger. You can only get the Keith Hernandez burger on this grill. And it is a, it looks, it's probably a full half pound burger, if not more, three quarter pound burger. Because it's thick. It's really thick. Cooked to perfection, too. It's really thick, cooked out on the griddle as you can watch. It's not cooked behind the scenes. Right. So it's not pre-cooked. You're watching the fresh meat go onto the griddle and it's put on a Hawaiian roll. Oh, so which sweet. Is so sweet and such a good addition. Then two pieces of bacon. Crisscross them, by the way, not laying parallel next to each other. That's a good point. It's like a, it's like a helipad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a helipad of bacon. Yeah. Yeah, I like it because you just converge on that square inch in the middle where it's double bacon on top of each other. Right. Guacamole. Mm-hmm. Uh, jalapeno peppers. And the fresh ones, too. Not the ones that have been sitting in a pickled jar. Right. Fresh jalapenos. And then you can add something else to it. Is there also, and then you could add like grilled onions to it right. or the ketchup and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then it comes with a Tootsie Roll Pop and a bag of chips. Unbelievable. For twelve fifty. Which twelve fifty again, you're getting a dessert and a side with it, I think is the ultimate deal at a stadium. Now, twelve fifty still sounds like a lot. Yes. But you have to put it in comparison with other stuff you buy at stadiums. These right. Days. And so I did kind of a portion of this week's Nomad on the burger. And what did you think about, did you think it properly captured the magic of this burger? Yeah, absolutely, because you do a good, uh, almost like you're looking for a fist bump with everybody watching, where you put that burger with the bite taken out of it. See, that's the key when you're filming food. Don't just show it like, hey, look what I'm about to eat. Once you take the bite, you want to see the juices flowing <laughs> and the chunk inside, which you did a great job of. Mm. And you really went into like showing how they made the burger. If you like, you filmed over like the griddle, how they were putting the cheese on there and how everything stacked up one by one by one. I thought... It made me starving out there. And then instead of a Keith Hernandez burger, you treated me to shrimp-tasting pretzel rods. Yeah, that's true. Big letdown. (laughs) That's true. I had a fun time putting that Nomad together. and uh, I thought it was pretty cool, too. Okay, I'll say it. Your using of sound uh, drops like I I Dream a Genie and you clicking your heels together like it was the Wizard of Oz transporting us to, you know, a summer day yeah. was pretty cool. Also, I would recommend wearing boots in the snow, not Nikes next time. I know. But still, I thought that was a pretty cool way of doing it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was uh, a little You were cre- showing off a little bit. A little creative. Well, as you see, as I've done this, that was now episode 45. I've figured out little movie-making tricks to use. little music here, a little sound effect there. And if I know you, if you think of a new trick, you're going to purposely run something to see how it works. Yeah. Yeah, the the cool thing is that I I um I signed a deal. This sounds crazy because Nomad is you know not this like big huge production thing, but I, I signed a deal 
through a company that helps promote like YouTube content. They, they really liked what I did. And so they wanted to help me, you know, take it to the next level. So it's like an optimizer type company and they, uh, they have access. We have like a revenue share and I now have access to so much more music and sound effects than I ever had before. That's really? why you might notice the last month, I think I've, first one that I had this new deal was maybe the Auburn trip. Okay. But the music is way, it's a totally different level music. You'll notice. You know, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think anything different of it. But now that you say that. Yeah, it's it's just a deeper, it's a much deeper reservoir of all types of music. It's better music. It's made by real musicians. It's all licensed stuff that I can use versus the old stuff, which was just YouTube stuff, which, you know, is... Anybody can hack into that. Yeah. I do have to tell you something very funny. In talking about the Nomad, because it was fresh in there, you texted me this morning, hey, why don't you know, check out Nomad. I watched it, and I was discussing with Pete. I'm like, you know, talking about, you know, you clicking the shoes, and I thought it was pretty cool. Pete turns to me, the body I'm talking about, and says, well, what do you think of DA's Nomads? I'm like, I think he does a good job with them. I think it's a nice, easy watch. He goes, he goes a little weird, though, right? <laughs> I go, what? What do, you, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. He's just by himself doing random stuff by himself. It's a little weird. <laughs> I go, <laughs> I go, Pete, I think that's kind of partially the point. Like, he's showing different places. And, and this is just ironic because right on the area of the grievances, he said, I haven't been asked to be in a nomad yet. So I don't know if he's taken it out of spite. But he was almost like he was trying to cop me to admitting you were weird for making these movies. That's really funny. I never thought about it that way. But I he's guess like, he's talking to himself. There's people walking by. Isn't he embarrassed? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the body should know that I... I'm not easily embarrassed. No. There's almost nothing that can embarrass me. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. So uh, that is funny because it is true. It is usually me talking to myself <laughs> and talking to the camera. Um, this is way you say, a little weird, huh? <laughs> but <laughs> the funny thing is that most YouTube creators make shows like this. Yes. That is the narrative. It's like you bring your camera out. And you film your experience, and then you edit it together. So I guess Bilotti just doesn't understand there's a huge genre of this no. out there on YouTube. <laughs> like a billion people do this. He should get you to be his wedding photographer or videographer. <laughs> I should, you know. Oh, my God. A nomad the Bilotti wedding? Oh, that's good. Oh, be great. That's good. See what's cooking at, at cocktail hour that's there. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, Nomad is my online web series, like a travel series. It's that Damon I put spelled backwards. On YouTube, it is indeed <laughs> Damon spelled backwards, so you can check that out. And if you go and you see this episode of uh, the Keith Hernandez Burger, please subscribe because uh, then I have more subscribers, and I know that it, the episodes will get to you once I upload them. Um, Minnesota's going to have some great Nomad content for us. Yeah, so. how many episodes do you think you walk out of there with? Minimum two, probably three. Okay. Because, I mean... Just what Stanley, the limo driver in Minnesota, told us today on the air right. was enough to really almost blow my mind. I mean, this guy clearly knows the hot spots, but he is telling us that in Minnesota, and I told you this, I think Minnesota is a great eating city. Look, usually larger metropolitan areas in really cold weather places are great eating cities. And drinking, too, because you just want to be inside doing yep. those two things. Yep. And I think colder weather makes you want to eat more food. Yeah, I mean, living makes me want to eat more food. But. <laughs> but like Chicago, great eating city. Boston, oh, yeah. great eating city. Minnesota, great. Detroit, great eating city. Colder it is, more miserable the snow and the cold, the better the eats are. 
So um, I think Minnesota is going to be great. I think we'll, I think this could be the coldest you've ever been. It literally the coldest I have ever been was in Minnesota. I covered a Chiefs Vikings game up there when I was in Kansas City. Uh, it was at the end of the year. It was the weekend after Thanksgiving, I believe, and so it was late November. And the wind coming off whatever it was coming off of into the uh, outside the Metrodome. As I was walking from my car to the Metrodome. I had like a down jacket on, and the wind pierced my down jacket, went through me, and it felt oh. like knives going through my heart. I'm like, I can't. I've never felt a cold like this. It felt like Antarctica cold. Coldest I've ever felt was two weeks ago in Chicago off the lake was negative four without the wind chill. Yeah, that's about what we'll probably experience. And it was my nose started bleeding. <laughs> Literally started bleeding. It just fro your blood vessels froze. That was it. I couldn't believe it. So Stanley, the limo driver's like, I can take you around and. Uh, he said, first of all, the Juicy Lucy, which is this a specific burger to a specific restaurant, or is this a type of Minnesota burger everybody does? No, it's like Chicago is deep dish. Minnesota yeah. is known for Juicy Lucy. Okay. So tell me what a Juicy Lucy is. A Juicy Lucy uh, is you know a thick burger patty mm-hmm. with the cheese stuffed into it. Like, Do you remember a couple years ago that like as seen on TV thing where it was like it would take the top of the burger out, put cheese in? So it's like a cheese-injected burger. Exactly. But like a lot of cheese. So then... All the juices join with the cheese that oozes Whoa. in the middle. Whoa. I believe they also put cheese on top, and I'm you bite sure. <laughs> in, and it just it bursts with cheese and and juice, and it's supposed to just keep the juices within it, and it's juicy, it's Lucy, just oh, like that. Boy. So yeah, apparently I don't think it's. We might have to look up where the best ones actually are served, but it's not to one restaurant. That's what Minneapolis's signature food is—a juicy Lucy. Okay. So I mean, we have to. We have five nights there. Have to do it. You figure five lunches, five dinners, at some point a Juicy Lucy. <laughs> I like you already planning for 10 <laughs> meals out. <laughs> but he mentioned this Max Industrial Max place Industrial. with, like, the, the wings Blackened they have. Blackened wings. I tell you, you know, we land Sunday, Sunday night. We may have to go watch the Pro Bowl Sunday night at Max Industrial and Please have some don't make me watch the Pro Bowl. I'll, well, I'll, watch, just... I'll watch the Wild game. I'll watch the <laughs> T-Wolves pregame. I'll watch whatever is on. I do not want to watch the Pro Bowl. I was just referencing something that would be on that Sunday night at a sports bar you like this. You want Blackened wings at Max's, huh? I, I They sounded good. I went to the menu menu looked incredible. They Bogus have, was blown away by the menu. They have mini corn dogs. They serve a whole Cornish hen to you if you want it, too. Love that. I mean, yeah, I'll take a Corona light and a Cornish hen. <laughs> I love it. Well, what kind of place is this? Uh, all right, that's cool. Then he said there's the best crab cake in the Midwest. That's right. I pulled the call so I can go back with the notes. Like Matt Patricia, I'll have a flat <laughs> yeah. pencil behind my ear. <laughs> Mark off everything that he was saying. But, yeah, I mean, if you can have that. Let's let's you know. I heard Minnesota is also very known for a good ice cream as well. I, Do you feel like ice cream when it's four below? I feel like ice cream anytime. Do you it's creamy? But again, we talked. See, this is what I was worried about. How fat am I going to get on the trip? Yeah, very fat. Yeah, very fat. You know, and we're doing a show. This is the ultimate. Honor. We're doing a show in a food court. <laughs> I mean, how close am I going to be to everything? The only thing is that, like, if we're in Minnesota, are you going to be drawn to Panda Express in the food court? I mean, we're going to have a billion better options. I agree with you. Totally agree. However, there's something about that kind of food, though, when you're around that smell for that long, it just injects into you, makes your brain start thinking about it, and then you rush. There could be a lot of double lunches for me. A lot of double lunches. You know, you could be like, hey, Sean, go get Orlando Pace for me. I go run off. Next thing I know, I'm coming back with a Charlie's cheesesteak. That's definitely happening. And you go, where's Orlando? (laughs) Oh, is that where I went for? You won't even bring back the Charlie's cheesesteak. You'll have just eaten it on the way over. (laughs) I couldn't find Orlando Pace, and I got cheese (laughs) dripping down my face. I've seen this play before. I have seen (laughs) this play before 
where Mraz leaves for 10 minutes and comes back and there's a Charlie's cheesesteak napkin. And I'm like, where did we get that? And you're like, oh, I had a cheesesteak. Like, when? <laughs> I did something similar at the Final Four, definitely. Yeah. I remember. Oh. Well, it was the, it, remember at Media Row at the Final Four, they had, um, was it hot dogs? Yes. No, and, and pretzels. Hot dogs and pretzels. But it wasn't just Corn hot dogs. dogs. Corn dogs. Yes, it was corn dogs. And I hadn't even been there yet, and you had come, and I, maybe you had been there to just scout our location, then right. come back, and you already had two corn dogs and a pretzel or something. I'm like, <laughs> with the queso. I just got here. You've already eaten three of these things? <laughs> and accumulated three Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So We have a lot to look forward to. Uh, two weeks from right now, we'll be there. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I'm, I really, look, and this is not against the, the Eagles, because I think if the Eagles were at the Super Bowl, it would be really fun as well, because Philly fans are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I really hope the Vikings are there because imagine that week. We'll get to experience. That would be unbelievable. That would be outrageous for a home team to be hosting the freaking Super Bowl. And I I think it's going to be Vikings-Patriots. And I think they're going to be trying to knock out the Patriots. And more and more, I'm selling myself on this thing. I think it's going to be Vikings-Jaguars. Which I would love. I gotta, I'm telling love. you, i got a hunch. I'll make the official pick later and up the gut this week. I think the Jaguars are going to do it. I'm selling myself on it. So... All right. Hey, look, it would be an amazing story that I'd be totally down with. Could you imagine the Jaguars crashing the freaking Super Bowl? I would love it. I mean, I just, I love the idea of that because I was thinking about this the other day. You know, when was the last time a truly crazy team made the Super Bowl? Like, you were like, what the hell? Good point. I mean, because, you know, we've had wild cards like the Giants, but you know, the Giants at nine and seven don't feel like a what the hell. And they had just won the Super Bowl a couple of years earlier. And even that team that went ten and six, they were the Giants. You know, the Giants were in the playoffs pretty consistently. They had been in Super Bowls before. You know, like the Dirty Birds. Yeah, I was gonna say the ninety eight Falcons. Okay, so the Dirty Birds I think might be the last one. Um, um you but- know what? We don't think of it this way. The two thousand one Patriots Patriots weren't the Patriots then. No, they weren't. They were, yeah, okay, but they had been in the Super Bowl in 96 with Parcells. True, but this was, di- like, I think we just think of the Patriots totally different. When that 2001 season, they had no expectations. Mo Lewis knocks out Drew Bledsoe, and even then, then Brady gets hurt in the AFC Championship game. Bledsoe, it was kind of like the Patriots are in the Super Bowl? I agree. They were Cinderella, but remember, they were in the playoffs pretty consistently under Pete Carroll and with Parcells. True, but the two years prior to that, I think they were 6-10, and 5-0. They kind of, you know. Yeah, they no- had fallen off, but not quite like the Jaguars with those weird uniforms. Right. And the with Falcons in '98, I think, is the closest. Pretty one. close. Um, I was going to say maybe the Saints, maybe the Buccaneers. No, the Saints were pretty good with with um, Drew Brees. You know, they'd gone to the NFC Championship game a couple of years earlier. Um, I think this, uh, the Saints had lost to the Rex Grossman Bears right. in the title game. I was thinking the Buccaneers in '02, but the Buccaneers were like on a climb. I how about the 2005 Seahawks with Matt Hasselbeck? Okay, but wasn't had that... just changed over their uniforms too. But wasn't that a run of them being pretty good with Sean Alexander? Weren't they in the playoffs pretty consistently? I'd have to look up. Sean Alexander run was not as long as you probably think. No, but I I distinctly remember being like the Seattle Seahawks are in the Super Bowl, and they had just switched conferences too, which oh, made that's it a little a good weird. Point. Okay, again, because so a lot of these teams like the Seahawks and Patriots have become such staples now. Yeah, that we forget when they first got there was like a and. Five, who knows? Five years from now, we could be looking at the Jaguars. Like, you know, doesn't shock you at all. I agree. Um, the Cardinals in 08. Maybe? That's a good one. That's a very good one. Despite having Kurt Warner, that's still a good one. They were 9-7 and seven as well. Yeah, so that one was a little bit. But again, they were in the playoffs a bunch. 
I might go back to the Rams of 99, where the first greatest weird. show on turf, they were coming off, I think, 4-12 and 12, or 5-11. and 11. Yeah, one of them, and they were expected to be ass again, especially when Trent Green went right, down. Right, and then Kurt Warner, the whole thing takes off. And that, that Super Bowl felt the weirdest because it was Rams-Titans. You're like, right. what? St. Louis versus Tennessee? Right, and Jaguars-Vikings, I think, would feel a little similar. Yeah. So I hope, because, you know, it's been a long time since we had a really, truly crazy Super Bowl matchup. And I just I just think with that defense, I could see Brady starting the wilt. A little pressure starts arguing with McDaniels and Patricia, who are now, who knows, maybe a little focused on their new jobs that they're supposedly agreeing to this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Blake Bortles can't be turnover machine, but I think there's I think it's going to happen. I, I just think nobody still believes in the Jaguars. I think it happens. I think they lose to the Vikings in the Super Bowl, but I think it happens. Well, of the freaking Jaguars, goat. I think they were nine point dogs in Pittsburgh and are nine point dogs this weekend. Back to back, back to nine. back. Well, we'll talk a lot about this this week. But the last team that beat the Bills in Wild Card Weekend went to the Super Bowl and lost the Titans, <laughs> Tennessee Titans. Right. <laughs> I mean, it begs the next question: Is if the Jaguars actually pulled this off, is that the official end of the? Patriots dynasty because it would feel a lot like when the Panthers beat the Cowboys in 96 after that run you're like the Panthers beat the Cowboys the Cowboys were never the same I'm gonna say yes they lose both their coordinators probably still win the division next year but maybe next year looks more like an 11 and 5 right and then they get picked off the divisional round at that point who knows who beats them and then that's it then Brady retires and Belichick's already gone yeah and Belichick's out the door too Patriots are left holding their hat with you know Mason Rudolph at quarterback and who knows coaching. <laughs> Looking ahead to the future. And Brian Dayball is their head coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's side A. What you got coming up on side B? Side B, uh, I have no idea. You know what? Expound. I want to hear on record Bilotti talk about why Nomad's weird. Okay. I'm going to rope a dope him, though. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah, tell yeah. him I told you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Open, open. All right. We will, uh, I'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Let's see if he opens up about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's catch him sleeping. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. Welcome into Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, host of Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast here on Play.it. And executive producer of the DA show, joined by very focused Pete the Body Bilotti. Pete, how uh, are you? I'm well, how are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Well, first and foremost, before we finally pay off the two-week tease that was pre-Cana and discussing mm-hmm. the lead-up to your wedding, this will be an ongoing theme here on the Permission Granted Podcast, I found something you said to me, hysterical, that is behind the scenes, All right. that I think fits here with the podcast. Okay. okay? And... D.A. has pubbed the heck out of his new episode of Nomad. Right. All right? And you turned to me and said, and I think this is totally fine because I think D.A. would laugh at this, and said, D.A.'s Nomad, a little weird, huh? Well, some of the <laughs> angles on it, you know, like some of the shots on it, like, like I, I, it takes a lot of getting used to. Okay. As far you know, as what? No, like, like you don't Like really, him by himself? Yeah, you don't see them, but then you realize, like, hey, he's doing this basically one-man band. And, and low, which low is, budget, which is pretty good. I mean, he do, does a great job with it, right? But it's some of that stuff is like you got to get used to it. It takes a little time. So, but, but that's now, I'm used to it now. But, but do you find him filming himself to be weird? Uh, telephone call. 
Uh, it's not a telephone call. Oh. It's me having an alarm set, knowing we were going to tape around now to remind to ask you about DA and Nomad. Oh, okay. How about uh, that? Yeah, so now we're right on time with, fine. The, with the alarm. Okay. Uh, well, uh, repeat what you were saying. Okay. I said, like, so that's the only thing you find. You don't find the fact that this is a man by himself with a camera just walking around places by well, himself, some being the, weird. That's the objective of the whole show. But that is weird to you. No, no, it's not, it's not not so much not so much weird. It's it's unique. It's unique. <laughs> unique is a sexy way of saying weird. No, it's not, it's it's. Look, I, are I, you trying not to say weird because you're afraid Da is going to hear this and criticize you? No, he's not okay. going to criticize me. I, All right. I, I think the show is clever. It's very clever. But okay. The, but there's something you got to get, you have to get used to. Yeah. And, yeah, like a man looking into a selfie stick at City Field with bacon behind him, going, <laughs> "Here we are." Let me click my Nikes three times. <laughs> I <laughs> yes, yes. So that that stuff is, you have to get used to it. But once you, I mean, I it's a it's a good watch. Once you, it's a, it's a good to, watch. Yeah, it is. It's a good. It's an easy binge watch. Yeah, especially if you're really hungry. If you want, if you want, if you need to find something to eat or figure out what you're gonna have next, I would watch that show. Yeah, I mean, the only problem is then you got to fly to the city that he was no, in doing it. No, just go find something that replaces it in, in your town. Now, during the airing of the grievances around Christmas time, one mm-hmm. of your grievances for DA is that you have not been asked to be on a Nomad I, I yet. I have not asked to be on a Nomad. And oh. Nomad, I, he considers it to be his one of his prized possessions. I've been on a couple episodes. I would like to be on a Nomad. I like to eat something on Nomad. And, and I have this fried chicken kick. I'm really on this fried chicken kick. Do you want to go eat fried chicken somewhere some with DA on Nomad? fried chicken on Nomad. Okay, now how long will you give DA until he asks you to be on a Nomad before you ask him again? Uh, I'm I'm very casual with it. Whenever he wants, you know, I, it's up to him. That's his. But call. you expect to be on it. I don't expect to anything in life. <laughs> That's I, the sound of a beaten man. Well, look, look, ten years. You don't expect anything in life. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice to be asked. It would be very nice. All right, that's a hint for DA to do that. Now, how would you feel? If come your wedding time and you happen to invite DA. I will. You will invite DA if DA filmed the Nomad at your wedding. Uh, I would be honored. Okay, you wouldn't be upset if he did. I would be honored. Um, No, I wouldn't be upset because there's going to be people taking pictures anyway. Right, and he, you know, the shots of your right, cocktail right. hour well, and all this other stuff. Mean, yeah, it's not a big deal. I didn't know if you were going to hire a videographer and you don't no, want him releasing no a Nomad. No on, videographer. But you'd now, be into it. I'd be into it. I would have, I would have liked to see... What the final? You cut want final is. edit rights? Not, not, not edit rights. I like to see what it is before it's released to them. Yeah, yeah. Just I just I like to get a sneak preview before it's released. I don't know if that runs through the Nomad uh, production. I think it should. I think I think for an invitation that that's that's the least I could ask. Okay. All right. Well, that's where Pete's dance. Especially if you're gonna carry a giant selfie stick around. <laughs> Which may happen. You're dancing know. with your mother in this, Pete. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> DA this with the selfie stick. stick. Hey, look at them behind <laughs> us. Right next to my Uncle Herman. <laughs> you know? <Come> on. <laughs> so, speaking of weddings, uh, well, speaking of your wedding, one yes. thing we have been talking about, we're going we're gonna to track this wedding, is now we're in the hurry-up offense here. Because we're in the hurry-up offense. We're at the end of January. About? we got less than a year no, to get this no, thing together. I have, I have it all under control. I am... I am basically the booker of the whole thing, and uh, and I get Bridget but, to the places, and that's it. But my point is, Pete, we don't have two years to prep for this. This is all going to be done by December Simple. here. Simple. I work. I work in the hurry up offense every day. So okay, but is, but to other people, this is a hurry up offense for organizing weddings. No, well, look, for I you have, maybe not a big deal. For me, my wedding was planned in like three months. So yeah, well, I mean, I think the first phase of it will be done. I think by the end of the month. 
Okay. Um, which is very the very important phase. I, I, I expect the DJ and the photographer to be booked already by the end of the month. Okay, by the end of the month. Now, to get married, if you are— Hotels are rebooked. The hotel, okay. Yep. If you are Catholic and you get married in a Catholic church, there is something you have to do called pre-cana. And we yes. discussed this a couple weeks ago where it essentially is classes that can be done in one day for a long period of time. I think it's like eight to ten hours total you need right. or over the course of a couple days where you are with other couples also getting married at same church, doing various courses, I guess, for compatibility and for religious reasons. I really don't understand it. I wanted nothing to do with it. And now you will have to do this, Pete. Well, yes, this— um Yes, uh, I've I did it once before. Obviously, you know I was in the uh, previous life. I did it once before. Uh, okay, um, but it's I don't, it, look. It could be beneficial and it can be a detriment. Well, I don't know about necessarily a detriment. I guess if you if all of a sudden you guys are fighting for no reason no, over stuff, well, like like there's, I find it more of just a waste of time. I, I'm gonna be I, honest. Honestly, I think that what working with other couples that are that are going that are going to do the same thing we are. Really makes no sense to me, right? I think more it's more beneficial when you work with couples that are married. Okay, yeah, so they could show you the way. Right, right, right. Well, I, usually the people who run it are married. Right, that makes it's sense. like a it's like a but, here, but having the big group setting, I don't know how. I don't know. Like, I understand why they do it, and I'll do it, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll learn a lot, which I expect, but I don't understand the whole. You know, let let's do um, let's have all fifteen couples in a room, and then and we're filling out books and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I rather I rather work with like, three couples that are married. Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. So now, if you don't are totally lost on what we're talking about, let me give you a brief sum- summary. And this is what I've teased about why I can't stand this pre cane. Okay, <laughs> so I go to get married in a Catholic church. Long story longer, I never got married in a Catholic church. I ended up getting married at the wedding venue. Right, but that's ne- neither here nor there. So. And anyway, this ended up being a real waste of time for me. <laughs> we end up doing this pre-Cana. Church makes us, they're going to organize. We're going to meet three other couples. It was four couples total, plus a couple that I don't think gets paid because I don't know where the church gets the money to run this pre-Cana and like almost be the teachers, if you will, They're to marry couple. Probably volunteer. Which, and by the way, I am never in a million <laughs> years. If you ask me to run one of these things for some for other couples, are you kidding me? You barely do anything for pay. Not a yeah, not a <laughs> chance. But anyway, so the priest calls us up or emails us, whatever he did. All right, this is gonna be your first meeting day, and then. At the first meeting day, they're going to then schedule, we had, I think, three or four other classes that we had to get through before completion, right? So we're going to schedule one meeting day, and then we're going to base a schedule off everybody meeting each other. So I go, okay, when's it going to be? Tells me it's a Sunday, and I believe I believe it was 4.30. But, but on top of that, you had to show up for like a 3 o'clock mass, okay? The problem with this Sunday was it was in September— during football season. <laughs> so now I'm ticked. And Danielle, my wife, knows I'm ticked right off the bat. Like, are you kidding me? I got to go to church late Sunday afternoon? And, I, and, forget, and forget sitting in the mass. Now I got to meet with other couples. You know, And it turns out it ends up being a Bronco Giant game, Peyton Manning versus Eli Manning a couple of years ago. And now I'm, I'm annoyed. So now during the 1 o'clock Eastern window, we go at 3 o'clock this mass, so I'm missing all the score changes in the fourth quarter. I'm scratching my head. The whole time I can't focus on whatever this priest is saying. I'm looking around. Everybody's singing hallelujah, arms, arms up in the air. And I'm like, get me out of here. I must have looked like the biggest idiot, Pete, okay? So right. this is what I'm dealing with. Finally, we get into the room to meet the other couples. It's 4.30. The Giants have kicked off. I'm sitting there like, can we just hurry this up? 
Priest recommends, should we meet on Sundays going forward? Which would mean the next four Sundays, <laughs> I would meet. I finally stood up. And this is, without even introducing myself to the other men and women who are going to be getting married, I said, absolutely not. You made friends. Absolutely not. I said, we cannot do Sundays. I said, no offense, chief. I think I called the priest chief. (laughs) What are you, Ackerman? I go, I go, we got NFL on Sundays, and I can't be, (laughs) it's half the season, basically, I'm going to miss for pre-Cana. The priest laughs, goes, you know, that's, you know, God's day or whatever, I'm it's Eli's day as well. <laughs> so now I make another guy, another guy who's doing pre-Kena laugh. And he was with me. He's like, oh, thank, thank goodness you said something. <laughs> I go, and my wife is, soon to be wife at the time, is furious at me. She's embarrassed, mortified. You know, this is our life. You can't, right. our life, this is hocus pocus here. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do we need? Oh my goodness. So the priest is taken back. The couple is running and is taken back. So they look around. They go, what about Monday? It's like, oh, we got Monday night football. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. it's going to be at night after work. Oh, no. Finally, <laughs> I get my way, we settle on Wednesday nights. There's no football on Wednesdays, oh, which worked out. But right off the, it was a sour taste. The priest had a sour taste for me. The couple running had a sour taste for me. And I think the other couples looked at me. And we actually got along with the other couples well. But I think they looked at me as the loud mouth idiot. Long story even longer. This pre-Cana is such a waste well, of time. Well, well, to make all, you show up on a Sunday all, during football season. Uh, that's a really odd day if you look at the grand scheme of things for pre-Cana, I think. A Sunday? Odd time. Odd time. You're going to do it late on a Sunday? I, well, I, I think because their early masses are so packed. Yeah, but you, know, but you could also do Saturday. You don't have to really do it around the mass. You Good do point. It like a Saturday. Well, you know. and, and you don't have to go to a mass every time. Right. 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 And by the way, but I some am. Some of them are different, though. Some of them are, are certain ways. I, any permission granted podcast fans that are absolutely overly religious, I apologize if I'm coming across insensitive. No, it's not. It, it's that just I am, I'm, I'm Catholic, but I'm not a hard. I'm not going to be a church every Sunday. It's just not me. Look, I'm, I'm on the couch with nacho cheese. I'm sorry. That's who I am. No, but it's, it's, it's a fair question because, you know, people have, uh, not saying that it's football in people's ways, but right. people have you don't obligations like with work or whatnot. Right. So so I think sometimes— Well, I think that's why they wanted to do Sunday because that's the most common day people have off. Sunday late, that, that's tough. Yeah, you know. Sunday late, people got to get ready for work Monday. And we're eating meatballs and pasta in the uh, deal. You know, a lot of family time. That's Can't why. have it. But anyway— That's I, where I was. So good luck, Pete, and I hope, you know, you work out oh, better with I, this pre cana than I did. I'm going to— I'm going to opt. Hopefully, there's an option to opt for the one day where you do it all in one day. Get to bang it in, bang it out. Get it all out of the way. Well, good I'm not lo- saying get it out of the way, but like just get it all get it all done and, uh, you know, be able to just do it one day. and Move enjoy. on with your life. Well, get on with some other stuff we have to do. Right. Because we're in the hurry up offense. Not the hurry. We're in the we're in the no huddle offense. All right. Well, this was a good PGP. We it covered was. why Nomad is weird. We covered pre Cana and why I couldn't stand Unique it. Unique Nomad. Yeah. You. A unique nomad. You can follow Pete on Twitter at CBS Pete the Body. At CBS Pete the Body. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And Pete, that's your Instagram as well. That's right. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miraz CBS. Here's a cheap plug. I will be hosting on CBS Sports Radio Saturday night slash Sunday morning, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Right. Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, leading into Championship Sunday. So if you want to hear more of my fat voice, Go to your local CBS Sports Radio affiliate, and you can catch me there. Yeah, Thank that, you. Nanos wasn't available, so, no. <laughs> so they, got, they got Sean. Thank you, guys, as always, for listening to the PGP, and enjoy Championship Sunday. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.